or no, this is your last chance. No beating around the bush. Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. This is the Redefine Relentless Podcast. Welcome back to Redefine Relentless. It is your host, Hunter Beal. And today we're going to be talking about the book Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Before we dive deep into this, first, my goal, first and foremost, is to make this episode very short, give you the best information for about my goal is around 15 minutes or a little bit shorter than that. But I want to give you a very quick update on Simpler Living because that's what I've taken a lot of time to really zoom in on. We have a website coming up. I really want to do some pent up demand in order to get that. It takes a lot of capital to start given it's a vacation rental. So there's a lot of thinking how we can bootstrap it and a bunch of stuff like that. Huge shout out to my boy, Jared Porter. He's helped me so much when it comes to working my ideas to a website. Uh, I gave him all the content, kind of what I wanted, and he just did it his way and did an amazing job. So quick update on that. I'll actually leave the link if you're interested in checking it out. It's not completed yet, and I'm only giving the people that listen to the podcast an early access to sign up to the waitlist if that's something that you're interested in. Uh, it'd be greatly appreciated. So let's dive deep into this book, Zero to One. So stop imitating and start thinking outside the established conventions. So he talked about there's two er, progresses. So there's the horizontal and there's the vertical. Horizontal is expanding on an existing idea. So it's like when you go on Amazon and you see a water bottle cap, um, it's just like a bunch of different configurations. They're not that big of a difference or like energy drinks, like all these different red ocean. It's a blue ocean really is what it's talking about. It's like, or sorry, a red ocean, very cutthroat and competitive. And when it horizontal is like moving back and forth, you're not changing. Vertical, he talks about, is what you really want to have, which is like utterly a new method or a new technology or something completely brand new. Instead of like making a little bit of edits and making it a little bit better, you make it 10x better. That's the whole idea and the premise of this entire book that Peter wrote. Another thing that he talked about was stop relying on good luck. Success is the product of focus and determination. How he went into this was... The only person who can think outside the established conventions can see and change the future. So what is kind of what is meant by this? So like he said to ask a question, what important truth do you very few people agree with you on? Why? This is what he asked when he's hiring someone, which is very interesting because what that basically that question is doing is you have to look outside of that question and why people disagree with you and blah, 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 blah. Why? So it's making you you have to see all viewpoints. And that's something that he brings up. Don't put your blinders on, you know, keep your open eyes. But you also want to be laser focused on this one thing. And I think Alex Hermosi said, no, Alex Hermosi definitely does say in $100 million offers and a lot of his content on Instagram talks about focusing on one thing and making it really darn well instead of trying to do 20 million different things. Um, It'd be like me not focusing on vacation rentals. It'd be like me focusing on, like, I want to have like a, a coffee shop on the lot too. And I want to have this, I want to have that, I want to have all this different stuff, focus on the vacation rental and the environment that I'm doing, which takes a lot of detail-oriented processes, and then I can jump one step at a time, but I'm focused. Now, um, Connor Burt opened my eyes, the CEO of Lessonly, awesome guy. I really appreciate him uh, having coffee with me this past week, but he opened my eyes when he's like, how can you get the first one to market as like quick as possible? Like I, he's like, I would be focusing on that instead of like all this other different, like you're building the Tesla of all these models, which is good and everything. But like, how do you bring this and make it a reality? And I think that was a good slap across the face, like a really good one, because it's like, I, I just got so deep into the weeds trying to make everything purpose that, uh, 
making everything so amazing that I really fell into the problem of uh, paralysis by analysis. I was doing way too much data. Like it all makes sense. I just wanted to, like every single bit of data in the market that's available, which isn't really needed. You just need to jump. So I need to look at capital. I need to start budgeting and like try to make it bootstrapped as possible with the amount of money I have uh, in in trying to keep as much equity of the company that I want, as well as like not going the VC route and like maybe asking, not asking for people like family and friends for money and building this. I really want to make it as lean and mean as possible to validate the market and the idea and then to expand into like all over the United States. So you got to start one thing at a time. And what Peter's talking about there was focus. You got to really focus on um, the reality of some things. And And for me, it was when Connor had coffee with me and was like, yo, you should kind of like, like I would be thinking about how do I get the first one to market and like how do I bootstrap it as much as possible? And I was like, you know what, that that's completely right. So I got to focus really on that. The rest is kind of fuzz. So stop making products or services that can be copied and created. Create a monopoly instead. So monopoly and a blue ocean are kind of interchangeably uh, talked about. It really talks about having a monopoly um, in the sense of you really want to be niched down to like where you're not having a whole lot of competition, but and you also want to make a product so amazing that and it's so ahead of everyone else that no one can compete. Why do you think Tesla opened their doors? They're like we're the they're the biggest electrical car manufacturer in the United well in the world, I believe. And he he lifted all of his patents. He doesn't have any patents behind it anymore because he's 10x of, ahead of the entire competition. He's been doing this for so long, and now Ford and. Um, all these different car companies are now coming into the market. Tesla's already been there and they're 20 steps ahead of them. So it makes no sense. He created a blue ocean what he does. And people are trying to enter it and everything like that. And you have to adapt and adjust over time um, because like it's always going to change. Once you create a blue ocean, people are going to follow you short after to come uh, and take a bit of your profit margins. So Peter talks about four criterias in order to meet a monopoly or a blue ocean. And before I even dig deep into that, I want to also also emphasize that people when they get the idea of a monopoly that they think like oh they're just just basically charging an insane price and they people have to pay this that's not really what it's talking about it's talking about bringing something so advanced to the market that everyone wants to talk about everyone wants to use it everything like that um, which is a very hard product or service to bring to the market that's not already existing. So it's definitely very tough. It's not easy to do that. But anyways, with the four criteria of creating a blue ocean or monopoly is one, technological advantage, two, network effects, three, economies of scale, and then four, a strong brand. So technological advantage is basically beating everyone else by 10x. And then there's the network effects, which is the more people who use your product or service, the more useful it's going to be. And that kind of may be confusing, but the easiest way to, for an example of this is like considering Facebook, it is not useful if you are the only person in the world to have an account. It becomes valuable when other people, that social network come on, LinkedIn, Instagram, so uh, all these different social medias, they'd be completely irrelevant if no one joined them, right? So you, there's there's a point where the more people that use it, the more useful it is. So how, how can you get much more sales? So for me, in my example, for like Simpler Living in the vacation rentals, it's like, how can I, in the beginning, get you know, charge an affordable price, but I want to be booked 
almost at 100% occupancy, which is really hard to do in the vacation rental spaces, which is why I have to create something that's 10x better than anything else on the market. And that's really why like, I won't fall anything short of being 10x of what the market is. And it's very hard difficult and difficult to do that with bootstrapping. And that's a whole thing of entrepreneurship, right? There's 10,000 routes, um, you know, 25% are successful and 75% fail or something like crazy like that. Um, that was just a random statistic thrown out there. But that's what the network effect is, trying to get as many people to use it, and it becomes more useful as more people use it. And then there's the economies of scale. Economies of scale is basically kind of wrapping into the network effects, but network effects is more focusing literally just on the network. And then the economies of scale is bringing the price down so it can um, – basically, you can sell more. That's basically economies of scale. So it's like it, I can only make – I could either make one bread and charge a lot of money for it, or I can make um, 10,000 bread and charge a way lower price, but I make more profit because I have uh, what's called overhead, fixed fixed amount of dollars I have to pay for rent, I have to pay for my land costs, or whatever it is in every different situation. Um, and so you have those fixed costs. So how can you, it doesn't matter what you do with this space, but how can you make the most money? And sometimes it's the economy of scales. You sell more at a lower price, and you can, in trying to find that equilibrium, that that middle point and you have to play around with pricing and the amount you make uh, to make it make sense but i do believe in pent-up demand which is what i'm trying to create and then there's strong brands so basically apple no one can compete with apple that is the easiest way with that four criteria so again it's technological advantage network effects economies of scale and a strong brand just creating that strong strong brand and i think there's so many good examples there's apple there's spotify they created that in a way they really took a lot of people away from using apple music which is crazy um, and there's just many companies out there. There's Burton snowboards that like, if you're a snowboarder, a lot of people just use Burton. So it's like, look at all the different and just study the brands. That's what I do a lot. I'd study them like crazy. So there's four things you need, uh, minus out of the criteria to create a blue ocean. This is just in general in business, four things you need, a vision, a secret, persistence, and a strong culture. Now, what does he mean by this? So a vision, you need to be, have originality and you have to have a vision. That's how you bring people to your team. So like when, I, when I'm doing this pitch competition, I'm trying to bring people on the team of Simpler Living, I tell them my vision and I can get just about anyone on board for the most part, given that they're passionate and they like they think it's a really cool idea. And I'm thinking huge, right? And I, I'm still working on my vision. I want to create just an amazing space that's focused on the outside rather than the inside. It's going to be a kick-ass inside, very luxurious and nice. But I also want it to the point where it's, it's just going to be this draw-dropping experience. And I won't shy of anything below a 10x of what the normal rental is. And really capturing the mountain views, uh, being secluded, being with your family, just having this vacation moment that has a ton of peaks, a ton of memories that are going to be made. And that's what this environment I have to create with this 10x uh, and, and thinking about that. And I have this huge vision. I plan to be all over the United States. I plan to have, you know, in Colorado, Wyoming, in California, just uh, Tennessee, all these Florida, all these places in every single state, all over the place. I want to take over and be with living with less is more focusing on the outside of the environment and being around some really cool stuff, but also creating that environment, having the best land, the beautiful landscaping, all this different stuff. But again, that comes at a price. And I have to realize that starting my business, I'm going to have to bootstrap a bit and I can't just afford to have everything in the Tesla coming to market right away. It's going to take edits over time, which is what I learned in the lean startup, which may be a podcast in the future. I talk about, I've, 
I loved the lean startup. It was so good. It was basically like start with the bare minimum, go to go to market, and then make edits over time and get feedback. And that's how you do it. You'll never go into market if you just try to get the most perfect thing. And you usually put on details onto your business that the customers don't really like. So you need feedback before you do that. Coming back from that rabbit hole is the secret, right? And I'm going to name the four real quick because I want to go quick with these vision, a secret, persistence, and a strong culture. So now that we've talked about vision and having a big vision, we want to have a secret. So it's basically our secret sauce. And it's really hard to give an example the book talked about because like if there was a really good example that hasn't been created yet, it would be the next billion dollar idea. So it's like you just have to have this secret sauce in order to understand it. And for me, my secret sauce is really understanding my customers. Not only that, a lot of, I mean, a lot of companies do that, but I'm, I'm talking about like focusing on making moments and like how I can create those moments in like those key peaks in a book that I read and got referred to by uh, Ann Nelson. She was amazing help in recommending me a couple books when I gave my pitch. Uh, it was power of moments and creating a lot of moments. So what I'm trying to really create is memories and moments. And I'm learning like the psychology behind all of this to create these things, be remarkable, be different, be 10 X from everyone else. And that's going to be my secret sauce because everyone's so focused on the rentals, right? That people aren't focused on the memories. They're like focused on like, well, we're in a good location and it's a, it's a good home. I'm going to be focusing on how can we make this the most kick ass vacation that's relaxed in this. I don't want it to be about the tiny home necessarily, which is, is a big reason why it, what it is what it is with the tiny home. But the reason it's small and I have double square footage of decking outside is to enjoy the outdoors and just make this crazy environment. I'm learning about birds. I'm learning about bird feeders and, and bringing these beautiful birds and again, 10xing what my target customers want and what I've studied and what, and I'm doing all this so I can learn the bare minimum and then go with it so I can create this huge thing, right? So that's my secret sauce. And that's what Peter talks about in this book, then persistence. And I'm going to just keep on saying it because I've said it in so many podcasts, persistence closes the distance, persistence closes the distance. Only the persistence exceed, uh, think and grow rich, a bunch of places say this. And I keep on saying it, you have to be persistent and which is why you have to be passionate about what you do. It takes time and failures and go and trying things over and over and over again in order to get to be the best that your business can be within the niche that you're at. He said, talk about he, which is funny because I was just talking about this and I'm kind of going against what the advice he said was start narrow and then widen your horizon. So, well, I am starting narrow in the sense of like creating memories and like starting with one rental and then I can expand like what type of rentals do people want? And then like what model should I go? Should I go A-frame? Should I go shipping container still? Should I go modular? Should I use boxable? Should I do all this different stuff? Right now I'm focused on, you know, the environment and stuff like that and then bring the first one to market. I'm starting small and then I'm going to expand and be like, but I have a big vision, right? And I have to, I have to fill those boots eventually of that vision of like being across the United States, but I got to start small. I'm not going to be overnight a hundred vacation rentals, right? So I have to be obviously in this sense of starting narrow and being persistent with it. And then the last one was strong culture. So think twice about when you recruit something. We talked about this in the last podcast episode with your next five moves by Patrick Bet David. And it was think really hard and really try to understand the people before you hire them and then think really quick on firing. You got to cut the weeds out whenever there's a bad one. And that's really 
a, a big focus on the strong culture aspect of what he's talked about, but it's also giving people understanding and trust. And you have to create strong relationships. There's a huge emphasis on that. And you might be like, well, how do you do that? It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and you have to be intentional with building these relationships with these people. So you need to have an outstanding sales strategy as well. Now that we've talked about the vision, the four things you need for the ideal business, which is the vision, a secret, persistence, and the strong culture. So you again, you need to have that outstanding sales strategy. In order to achieve this, you just need really to have amazing distribution. Think about sales like this. Build strong relationships with your clients. How can you do this, right? How can I build strong relationships with my clients or customers and make it the best experience that they have? Two, how can you reach your customers? For me, it's going to be going to competitors. I'm going on the getaway, um, which is uh, a competitor of mine, but not really a direct because they're focused on one bed. I'm focusing more on two and three bed. I see that gap in the market. And then there's um, also the under canvas and then like going on Airbnb and looking at rentals. And what I'm going to do is go on social media or LinkedIn and try to find these people and basically ask them, Hey, uh, I would love it if you signed up on the wait list or, um, eventually when I get bookings out, when we've gotten to that process, I'd love it if you booked and we're going to like, that's going to be the, a huge thing of the marketing strategy and basically just cold messaging a bunch of people. Um, you know, you do it a thousand times. Even if you get five, that's better than zero. Right. Uh, and you really learn to refine your strategy. You got to try multiple different things, especially being a startup and see what works best and don't try to reinvent the wheel, but always be on the edge um, to hopefully not be taken down by like a Goliath, a big company or a, a smaller company that's entering. You always got to be hungry and you got to be persistent and never be full on what you have. Always be on edge. And then also to needing a really outstanding sales strategy is viral marketing. I'm not going to get too deep into that. I mean, you just kind of talked about the uh, just the viral marketing, then the traditional marketing, the word of mouth marketing. There's a bunch of different stuff. You just have to try a bunch of different approaches at the end of the day, especially when you're a startup and figuring this stuff out and not get paralysis by analysis too much, but also have a, a, a really good sales strategy and or sorry, a market strategy and how you can do things different. Be unique, be, be different. Read Purple Cow by Seth Godin. That's a really good book on how big corporations spend a bunch of money for like Super Bowl stuff and like it hardly gets really a turnover, a good return on uh, investment. It's just throwing millions of dollars around for marketing when you could have a really good strategy and be really, and you have to figure all these different things out for your specific niche of your business. And once you start small in doing this in the marketing, and then you can go big when you have the data that's like, okay, this makes sense to, to keep on marketing this way, but also, you know, sprinkling and trying different things, but not reinventing the wheel and spending too much time on marketing when you get there. So coming towards the end, I know I took a little bit longer than I was anticipating, but 20 minutes is still a really rock solid episode, I think, for summarizing a book um, that takes, you know, eight hours on end to read. Before starting, I, w I really want you to think about this checklist that he provided. So I'm going to go through the seven, and then I'm going to go in depth into them. The engineer question, the timing question, the monopoly question, the people question, distribution question, the durability question, and the secret question. So let's talk about this. Engineering question. Can you create a true breakthrough or something that's crazy? Can you do this? What people do you need to bring on the team in order to make it happen? Or is it just impossible? That's a really good question you got to ask yourself. Timing question. Is it the right time to start a business? And there's a huge argument behind this. I think like it's really hard. You take that jump when you can afford to drown. And that's so hard to 
really make that make sense for every single person because everyone's situation is going to be completely different. Um, the economy, you know, Uber, um, some other bigger companies was starting in started in 08 uh, when the recession hit really bad. So like some people just build their business throughout the recession and then it's good terms, um, which is really good for some people. So also keeping, but it's, it's so bad because if you always are waiting on the perfect time, you're not going to jump off on the train at the right time. And you just got to take that jump. And that's the hardest thing. I get paralysis by analysis. Seriously, I get it a lot. And it's really hard for me to theorize. I'm like, when's the perfect time going to be for me to enter the market and not like you lose a bunch of money because like the recession happens. And my industry is based on consumer confidence, which basically means the first thing to go for the most part is vacationing when they can't meet ends meet. That's pretty obvious. So it's like, I would be screwed. Well, what do I do then? I'd pivot to a lease potential, you know, all this different stuff that goes into your head. When's the right time? But having a plan B isn't really that that bad as well, but having a plan A and really trying to stick with that is important too. So now that we talked about the timing question, let's talk about the monopoly question. Is it a blue ocean? Do you have a bunch of competition? Is it a horizontal is it a horizontal move? You're moving back and forth just editing a couple products or are you doing a vertical? Are you making a complete difference, flipping everything over? And you know what? People are going to think you're stupid coming out with crazy ideas or they're going to be like that's a dumb idea. Sometimes it's the obvious things that work, but also it's the really dumb things that end up working. Um, the crazy thing like when the internet came around or let alone PayPal, let's take PayPal for example, people are like, you're crazy for taking banking online basically. No one trusted it. No one believed in it uh, because a lot of it dealt with the, the security. People questioned it. What if I got hacked and everyone stole all my money online? So it's like creating these big things that no one thought was possible is a reason why they're entrepreneurs and they're really successful is because they did something no one else thought could happen or do and they really created what was talked about is like that monopoly and making something 10x better than anything else on the market and creating something new from zero to one, hence the title. And then there's, so now we've talked about the monopoly question again, blue ocean, trying to not have too much competition to be really different is people questioned, can your team pursue this opportunity? Do you have the right people? And then the distribution question, which is super important, how will you deliver your product to your customers? This is kind of on the business model canvas if you're thinking about it in the terms of business, like in the startup um, realm. And then after distribution, the, the next question is durability question. Can you still defend your market position in 10 to 20 years? That's a really good question. And sometimes, again, that's a really hard question to answer. And you kind of have to jump in order to realize it, uh, I would argue. But again, his book goes into it a lot more in depth if you're interested in, in looking at Zero to One by Peter Thiel more. And then there's the secret question, unique opt unique opportunities that others missed. And that's really just your secret sauce, what we already kind of talked about. Again, this book, this in final summary, this book zero to one is zero to one. Just really think about that nothing to one. So uh, what he talked about is a lot in the market is already there's a one and then to X amount of number, there's already an existing product and you're just taking it to the next one. So that's what the, hence the, the book title was about creating something a hundred percent new zero and then to one. Although like, you know, vacation rentals for me is like in my example to, to make this make all wrap up and make sense is like my zero to one is creating and focusing on an environment where I think people focused way too much on the rental. Um, again, I want to have a really cool rental, but I also don't want to not focus. I want the other experience to be 90% and just create these peaks and these memories and these moments like crazy and understand the psychology in which people vacation, what they do, what they like, what are my target 
market really want niche down to it? Do they in private hiking trails? They want to have other cool stuff on property. They want to be around nature all the time. So how can I make the best experience doing that and do something different that the market has not seen doing a zero to one as Peter would talk about? So in final summary, wrapping this podcast episode up, we want to create a blue ocean. And we've I've talked about this in some other podcast episodes, but really trying to do a vertical change instead of horizontal. You know, one-upping, adding one feature on and make it a little bit better. Make something that's 10x better and do a bunch of different stuff uh, or just a completely different thing. A lot of this deal dealt with technology. I want to say an FYI to that. But I mean, also, I'm putting it into vacation rentals. This book really opened my horizon to that. Well, I guess vertical instead of horizon um, to that and making it very different. So you want to have first, the vision, and then you want to go to the zero to one, creating something that's new. Don't mimic and create something that is already in the market or something adding one feature. Make it 10x. That's literally the dumbest down version of the book. Make something 10x better than anything else. Easier said than done. I get it. There's so many different things to know. There's a huge curve on like acknowledging all this stuff because I mean, if everyone knew of a 10X, everyone would be rich, right? So it takes a lot of thinking and it takes a lot of expertise. The best advice is getting a job that's really going to teach you at the industry you want to be in and understanding those problems and going after them eventually once you have the experience. Another thing he brought up in this final summary is don't go broad at first. Amazon did not go broad at first. See those big thinking, those big ideas, Apple, for example, all these bigger companies, they didn't go broad at first, but you're kind of like, Amazon happened overnight. They started as a bookstore. We all know this for the most part. And then it like scaled to have a bunch of different products later on and brought in the horizon. His original plan was like, he was going to be, he focused on books at first, but then he was like opening his vision. And he's like, I want to be like the online presence of all shopping. And that was a big idea, but he, but he niched down into books and then he expanded his, his vertical or his horizon, so to say, uh, to make that make more sense. And then eventually took on more products as we know today. So you start small, find your niche, and then you crush the competition once you really have that down. Again, start very small, niche it, and then make it really damn good and crush the competition. And then you can expand that idea and make it a little bit better and a little bit better. And that's how you up your 10x. You start small with your 10x and then you keep on going and then you broaden your horizon over time. But it takes a long time. Uh, I was talking to Connor Burt, CEO of Leslie, and talking about, he said, really make sure it's your passion because like when you're building and scaling a company, like most in most situations, that's going to be like the minimum, the next 10 years of your life. Very rarely do those unicorns come around and you're like sell off in year three and like you make uh, 15 million. That's very rare circumstances. You're usually going to be there for 10 years. So really open your eyes uh, and make sure that's something you want to do. And that's a really good thing at starting small because if you start small and you're like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And then you can, you know, ease off the gas pedal um, instead of like having it all and basically being like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want you to remember success is for the bold not the copycats. What a good episode. I will see you guys next time. This has been the Redefine Relentless Podcast. Catch you guys later. And that's the last you saw of them. You got it?